Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now back to the Rich Eisen Show. The hiring has begun in the NFL. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The New York Jets fired the first shot today to hire as an offensive coordinator. The man who will come to New York, Nathaniel Hackett. And you could already hear the howls. I kind of like the hire. Today's guests, NFL on Fox analyst, Greg Olson. NFL Network insider, Tom Pelissero. Plus, latest news and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Oh, yes. Oh, baby. It is time for this Friday before Championship Sunday edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We're live right here on the Roku channel. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on this program. So excited to be here uh, with all of you. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Please call us. Tell us what you think is going to happen this weekend. If you want to give us your prediction as to who will make Super Bowl 57, we're all for it. Please do so. It'll be a lot of fun here on this show. We have Greg Olson, who's getting set to call the NFC Championship game on Fox on Sunday. He's calling into the show first up in about 20 minutes' time. And then Tom Pelissero is going to join us um, as only one head coaching spot has been filled right now. Sean Payton is still out there, uh, apparently, for uh, somebody to go and just uh, generationally enrich him more than he already is and have him come and be the head coach there. Is it the Denver Broncos? Could he go to Arizona or stay at Fox? What is going on with all the coaches' searches? Dan Quinn, TJ Jefferson, I'll go to you first, said that he's sticking around in Dallas to stay because there's still uh, uh, unfinished business. And, uh, you know... um, that one kind of surprised me, to I'm be sure honest with you. I'm sure compensated very so. correctly, Rich. Well, well, I'll ask that of Tom. Well, well, Tom is going to join us shortly, but good to see you over there, TJ. Light that candle. Chris how Brockman, doing, how are you over there? What up, man? Good to see you. What D- up, what up? DJ Mikey D is in D's nuts. How you doing, Rich? I am so Friday, glad baby. you are here because uh, do you know how many people are looking forward to your weather report at the end of this program? Millions. Not to get you flop sweating going already yeah, at the top Chris, of our number one. I'm ready. TJ just wants to laugh. I have friends who say, please tell me Mike's doing a weather report. See that? I'm, I like that. Tell them thank you, and I'm ready for it. Do you really? Okay. Do Is I really? It? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. I believe I will, that. I will show you the text. I actually believe this. I believe you. I believe you. Yeah. 
They, you know, people want to see me sweat, and, this is, it's, and, sweat. and that's what it is. It's, they're not interested in the information. No, they it's the entertainment sweat. factor. Yeah. Gotcha. Totally. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I could say it's snowing. It could be sunny as hell. They the most entertaining no, weatherman since no. Lloyd Lindsay Young, and everyone remembers <laughs> oh him from Lloyd the uh, Northeast. Lindsay Young. Okay, Young. very good. Um, so, and another three name guy uh, for, who you know, folks in New Jersey know very well. Yes. Um, so that's <laughs> that's the way we're rolling here on this program. What's more likely? We'll give you our picks for Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Uh, who we think is going to make it. That's how we're going to go out the door later on today. Rich, uh, we're still on the ankle watch, too. Though. Let's uh, well, not forget. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I don't think Mahomes is talking today. But well, you never know when video might pop We up. could just imagine it. <laughs> um, so we've been having uh, a lot of fun with the ankle watch. No question about it. Um, so uh, as a, uh, let's talk about these quarterbacks. The four that are remaining. The four quarterbacks that are remaining. One has an opportunity to win his second Super Bowl. One has an opportunity to make his second Super Bowl in consecutive years in just his third year. And then there's two young ones on the other side. And one happens to be an MVP candidate, and the other one happens to be a Rookie of the Year candidate. And one of the most amazing stories of all time. I'm talking about, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Brock Purdy. How about that as the final four quarterbacks of this NFL campaign and so many are talking about um, the AFC championship game because of Mahomes versus Burrow and the fact that we are watching some young talented quarterbacks who appear to be quite generationally talented going against each other forging a rivalry in the conference that Brady and Peyton Manning had so many great moments together. And last year, we thought that was the birth of the Mahomes and Allen rivalry. And this year, coming in to this year, the conversation was not will Mahomes and Allen play each other in the playoffs, but just which round was it going to happen? And sure enough, they didn't get to see each other because for the second straight year, Joe Burrow has raised his hand and said, I've got a seat at this table. And in terms of this rivalry between the two, I've got some numbers. It's fascinating that these two guys uh, already right now are on the list of quarterbacks all time that have 50 or more percent of their franchise's playoff wins in the history of their franchises. Mahomes and Joe Burrow both have exactly half of the all-time playoff wins for their franchises. Mahomes has nine career playoff wins. Burrow has five. We'll do the math. The Chiefs have 18 career playoff wins, and the Bengals have just 10 career playoff wins. That's it. That's crazy when you consider the Bengals have been to three Super Bowls. And they have just 50% of their wins. Another quarterback with 50% of their franchise's wins, Jim Kelly. Bills have 18 all-time playoff wins, just like the Chiefs. Kelly has nine of them. The other four quarterbacks, you can guess one of them, Chris. Tom Brady. He has 30 of the Patriots' 37 all-time playoff wins, 81%. The only one with a higher winning, higher percentage of his team's all-time playoff wins. Drew Brees has nine of the 10 Saints' all-time playoff wins. John Elway has 14 of the Broncos' 23 60.9%. Close to being nice. Almost nice. Uh, And how about this one? Our buddy Kurt Warner. 
has 57.1% of the Cardinals' all-time playoff wins. He has four of the franchise's seven. Did you so, mention Russell Wilson? I did not. He does not have that large percentage of oh, it. Oh, interesting. Really? Well, he doesn't have over 50%. This is... Jim Zorn was putting all in work? All time. Well, Matthew Hasselbeck, as you know, made oh, the yeah. Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, so. that's Good true, point. true. Good, Good point. point. So, look, um, these two are now, uh, you know, marking, making notches for their franchises all time. And now against each other, you want to talk about this rivalry here. I've got an interesting uh, statistic for you. They're all over my desk. I've got to find it for you. Here it is. Mahomes and uh, Burrow, as we know, have played, played each other three times, and, and uh, Burrow's won all three. The NFL Network Research Department came up with a list of notable quarterbacks to win their first three or more starts against their rival in head-to-head matchups. Aikman beat Steve Young in the first three times he faced him. No way. Bradshaw beat Roger Staubach the first four times he faced him. <laughs> okay. Ken Stabler beat Dan Fouts the first five times he faced him. Bart Starr beat Fran Tarkenton the first five times he faced him. And Tom Brady beat Peyton Manning the first six times he faced him. <laughs> and this has an opportunity to just get right in this mix, this all-time mix. Can't wait. Nor can Joe Burrow, who said this about taking on a Chiefs team that is once again hosting them in the AFC Championship game, coming in as the top seed they weren't the top seed. Remember last year it was the Titans the top seed, and Burrow knocked them off. He's going for another playoff victory against the top seed in the conference in as many years. Here was Burrow about this. We've been in these spots. Um, we have the experience. We know what team we're playing. The team that's been to this this game the last five seasons, and they've all been in that stadium. So, to me, they're still the team to beat. And then we're coming for them, but we know it's going to be tough. We know it's going to be going to be hard fought, and we know the kind of players that they have on that side. I, I, you know, for the radio audience, um, so cool looking. <laughs> it doesn't look like he even has to shave. You know what I mean? Like he's a shave. He, he doesn't sweat. He, he doesn't like, look at him. He is like, like a, a He looks twelve. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he he is just starting. He is a baby-faced assassin. And I really thought to myself, I'll, I'm going to maybe show my age here. I don't care. <laughs> it reminds me of another baby-faced assassin, Finster Baby from Looney Tunes. <laughs> wow. Look at that. Smoking a cigar. <laughs> oh, wow. He okay. is. <laughs> it's just like coming for you. I never knew that kid's name until right Finster now. Finster Baby. <laughs> He's the Finster Baby of quarterbacks. Was. Look at that right there. <laughs> He's coming for you. How did I not know this? And you know, <laughs> he got the house surrounded. And the house is Burrowhead. Oh, baby, I can't wait for it. <laughs> Chiefs better not let this dude win, man. If you rename your home field Burrowhead, come on now. That's all anybody's going to be talking about is, for a whole year. It is. The disrespect right? is Gay, real. Willie Gay, we went out the door right. yesterday with Willie Gay, the linebacker, Popping being asked about it. He was just not even terribly happy about it at all. And then asked, well, if what impresses you about it, anything impressive about the Bengals' offense? He said, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Finster baby. The baby-faced assassin is oh, coming, to re- coming to rename the stadium. Dude. 
Then there's the other quarterback matchup. I mean, nobody is like Hurts versus Purdy. I'm telling you, by the end of the day, and that day will could potentially be two Sunday nights from this weekend, the story of the sports world could be Brock Purdy. And the MVP of the league could be Jalen Hurts. These are all two very real possibilities here. And they're playing against each other in a playoff game representing the first time opposing starting quarterbacks will start a conference championship game under the age of 25. That's never happened. As a matter of fact, their combined age on Sunday of 47 years, 208 days, is two years and 29 days older than just Tom Brady. Their combined age. Let me repeat that. (laughs) Hertz plus Purdy on Sunday will just be two years and 29 days older than Tom Brady. (laughs) And Brock Purdy has could be the first rookie quarterback to ever win a conference championship game. That's never happened. And thus the first to ever start in a Super Bowl. And he's also got an opportunity to become the first rookie starter in any playoff game to beat the team that came in with the number one passing defense in the regular season, which is the Philadelphia Eagles. It's not just a one seed. It's the number one pass defense. Rookies never in any playoff game ever beaten. It's only happened twice before. They're 0-2. And I'll explain who those other ones are later on when I give you our Monster.com player of the weekend who needs to have that big game in order to win, as I do on these Friday shows during the playoffs. These two have faced each other before, by the way, as Hurts has a first of his own. Did you know? Let me get this stat. Have it right here. God, I love the NFL Network research staff. A 60-page guide they sent all of us. I've just been taking it all in. He's never, Jalen Hurts, started a regular season or a playoff game against a team that ranked number one in scoring or total defense. How about that? Never done that before. The Niners are number one in scoring and total defense in 2022. He's never started a game against one. Against the top five scoring defense, he's done that. Four and three in those games. Top five total defense, he's done that. He's three and three in those games. So this is kind of a first for Hertz too. But again, not the first time they played against each other. You got the date here. November 9th, 2019. Iowa State at Oklahoma. Yep. Let me just say this. If the NFC Championship game plays out like this one, no, obviously, Big 12 and NFC Championship game football, uh, two different universes. <laughs> two different universes. But this game, Jalen Hurts and Oklahoma took a 21-point lead into the locker room at halftime. 35-14 to 14 was the score there okay. at halftime. Okay. By the end of the day... Brock Purdy had five touchdown passes and one rushing touchdown Mm -hmm. to overcome this 
deficit that was set up by Hertz's three touchdowns, thrown two to CeeDee Lamb, by the way, and he ran one in two. Brock Purdy, with 24 seconds left, had a two-point conversion to win it, and it got intercepted in the end zone. 42-41, Oklahoma wins. Wow. Purdy was asked about that game this week. Yeah, um, it was a game, you know, just, you know, obviously there was a lot of points scored. You know, it was almost like um, you had to score every single time you had the ball almost. Um, You know, different situation and scenario than what we're about to go through, you know, on uh, Sunday. But, um, you know, it was was a fun college game. It was a great experience to go against, you know, Jalen. And they had a great team, and and he was making plays and stuff. And I feel like we had to do the same to keep up and stay alive in that game as well. But... Um, you know, this is a different situation, you know, different scenario going into Sunday. Think about it. If I had told you on November 9th, 2019, hey, look at those highlights between Oklahoma and Iowa State because that's the matchup of the 2023 calendar year NFC championship game. What? <laughs> what? What are you smoking, bro? Let me get yeah. some. What? Give me some. What? Yeah, get out of here, man. That's the weekend. Quarterback matchups in this quarterback-driven league. Let's Which go. one of those four quarterbacks I just mentioned going to win it all? Somebody is. Which two are going to face each other in the Super Bowl? We find out those answers respectively two weeks from this weekend and just two days from this very moment oh, we're baby. talking. Greg Olson's calling the NFC Championship game. Let's be on time for him. Let's take a break and come back. I've got the top four, because there's only four, a top four list, top four Super Bowl matchups that I've, I've ranked the matchups, what I'd prefer to see the most. We'll see if you agree with me or not. What's more likely? 844-204-RICH phone calls. Tom Pellicero on the latest of injury fronts for championship weekend and coaching searches. Take a break. Greg Olson of Fox when we come back. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. I got to tell you something. Didn't I come back from the combine a few years ago and I'm like, Greg Olson's got it. He's got the chops. He was mm-hmm. on the field, you know, talking to the tight ends and he was, he was giving us the scoop on the tight ends for the combine. Well, he's come a very long way. He's gone from telling us who the 10th best tight end at the Combine is in real time to getting set to call the NFC Championship game Ooh. and Super Bowl 57 on Fox. And uh, one of my favorites doing a dynamite job uh, with Kevin Burkhart and the rest of the crew is Greg Olson back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing good. I was enjoying the cargo short conversation. Ah, I, I got to listen in on that. I okay. feel like there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> yes. Lots to un- good use of unpack for the garment. See, look at you turning phrases. I like it, uh, Greg. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. Are you are you in Philly yet? Are you there for the game? No, I'll yet? fly. Th- I'll fly there later today, so okay. I'll get in. Uh, All right, here in a few hours and. I know, like everybody else across the country, I I don't think we could ask for a better game. And I know all of us are fired up to be there in Philly and in the link and call this game between, you know, arguably the best two teams in the whole league, but for sure the best two teams in the NFC, that's for sure. I know, and it's pretty cool that I, I think they, they, the league and the football gods got it right. I think these have been the best four teams uh, in the NFL, certainly since um, – you know, the calendar turned to November, and here we are with both conference championship games uh, representing the best. When you've talked to Purdy, Brock Purdy, um, what, what have you gleaned? What can you tell me about how this kid is pulling off and doing what he's doing, Greg? Yeah, I mean, every time we we get off our call with him, we've mm-hmm. had him now. We, ha- we had his debut, and they, you know, beat – Beat the Bucks. They were up you know, 35, 28 nothing at half, and we're sitting there at halftime saying, "Who is this kid right. out here throwing three touchdowns? Like, what's going on here?" All week we've been, you know, preparing for this to be the Christian McCaffrey show and protect the quarterback, and then there we were in his starting uh, rookie debut, and he's he's up you know, twenty eight nothing at halftime against Brady and the Bucks. It was it was wild to see him there, and just now to see him all these months later, and just the growth that he's had just as a player. But from the first time we got off the call with him all the way up through last week's divisional round game, every time we get off, we say the same things to each other. We say, it's hard to believe he's a rookie. It's hard to believe he's now played seven games in the NFL. Like he has a really interesting demeanor. And, and, and what I mean by it is he's very confident. He's very calm. He seems like a guy who's kind of like, yeah, been there, done that been through the fire, come out the other side. And here we are. We're like, you know, you're getting ready to go play the Dallas Cowboys in a divisional round game, and the stakes just keep getting bigger and bigger, and you would never know it. And I think that's the biggest thing that when you talk to Kyle Shanahan and, and you know, the guys that are on the team with McCaffrey and Kittle and Trent Williams, they all say the same thing. They're like, this kid, from the moment he got here, even though he was a, the last pick of the draft, we all know his story. They're like, he had a personality and an approach even in training camp throughout the whole off season that just caused us to kind of look at ourselves and go, you know, did we just, did we just kind of find a diamond in the rough? They're like, it was from day one. Um, it, what caught everyone's attention was just his approach, his demeanor, his confidence. And now he's just growing as a passer and growing as a quarterback in this league. But um, 
it's evident the moment you talk to them. So what did the Cowboys do that you think the Eagles can also affect to make Purdy look um, as green as we think he could, right? And, and I think we, we, we saw Purdy struggle without the turnovers. Dak was the one who did that. But what do you think the Eagles can affect that the Cowboys put on film to to knock the Niners out and make Purdy maybe even turn it over? What do you got for me there, Greg? Yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities. I think as we were preparing last week, you know, as we were preparing for this San Francisco offense and what they were going to face with Dallas's defense, I think, you know, we we said it at the top of the broadcast, you know, that was the best defense that the 49ers had faced since Purdy took over. Mm-hmm. So that was by far the most talent. That was by far the best pass rush and speed. And and I think the speed element is where Dallas and Philadelphia defensively are pretty similar. You know, they, they, they don't just have one or two guys up front who can rush the passer and get after you. They got four or five. They got guys at the second level and in the secondary who can support the run from depth, play with speed, play on fire. So in that regard, I think there's a lot of similarities. You know, schematically and the way they build their fronts and coverages, you know, the way Jonathan Gannon with the Eagles versus Dan Quinn with Dallas, obviously it's a little bit different, but I think that the thing that Purdy and this offense of San Francisco is going to face is there's going to be speed at all three levels. You think there's space there, all of a sudden that space gets eaten up really quickly, you know, whether it's Hassan Reddick coming off the, coming off the edge or Gardner Johnson coming from like that safety nickel kind of hybrid spot that he's been playing now. So, it's a, it's a talented group, and I would say the same thing we did last week. This is probably the best defense Brock Purdy has faced now again, and that's the way the playoffs work. Each week, the stakes get a little higher. Each week, the competition just takes up a little bit of a, you know, a notch up, and um, it's a great challenge, but, you know, listen, they got Kyle Shanahan. He has unbelievable weapons around him. He has a very good offensive line. San Francisco doesn't take a backseat in talent or scheme to anybody, and I think that's what makes this matchup so interesting is regardless of who's got the ball, regardless of the situation, there are stars, there are there is talent, there is coaching on all aspects of this game, and uh, that's the way it should be. Greg Olson getting set to call the NFC Championship game Sunday and then two Sundays after that, Super Bowl 57 on Fox right here on the Rich Eisen Show. When you chat with Nick Sirianni, you got a good story. He just is so... Um, uh, Colorful is a great way to describe it. What, what's he like when you're chatting with him? Um, and you got a good one for me, Greg, when he's talked to you guys? I don't know if I have like a, a specific story he's told. He, he's been really fun to talk to. I mean, so these calls have probably been like as fun as any aspect of this job. I mean, I've gotten to have conversations with more coaches and coordinators and right. players than I had in 15 years of playing in the league. You're just exposed to so many different people. But, you know, we, we always kind of get on him because when he does the call, he's, like, sitting. It's a Zoom call, so, like, we can see him. But he's, like, sitting on some, like, random couch in his in his office, and he's just, like, slouched back, super relaxed. And it's like he's sitting in your living room, like, having a beer, just kind of shooting the you-know-what. Like, it's, it's just a very relaxed and calm environment. And I think that's... I think that's the appeal of him. He's, he's ultra confident. They have an unbelievable staff of, of guys who really understand what the mission is, what the, you know, what their plan is, how they're going to, how they're going to execute that. And that, and I think that's what comes across the most is like when you talk to people around the Philadelphia organization, whether it's Sirianni on our calls and just 
his body language and how at ease and confident and comfortable he is, I, I, it's the same way when you talk to the players. I think there's just a really quiet confidence amongst the group. They're very sure of who they are. They're very sure of where their strengths are and what their strengths aren't. And I think that's the sign of a good team. I think that's the sign of a team that's kind of been battle-tested. They dealt with that adversity at the end of the year with, with Jalen missing a couple weeks and try, kind of having some some tough times there trying to find wins. But I, I just I can't say enough about the job that Sirianni has done. I mean, we, we had his coaching debut last year, week one, down against the Falcons. And, you know, we were preparing for the game. We didn't know a ton about him. We knew – he only had the wide receiver background and came from Indy and Jalen Hurts was now the week one starter. How was that going to last? And now here they are fast forward, you know, almost two full seasons and they're in the NFC championship. It's a, it's a pretty, it's an impre- pretty incredible and impressive uh, coaching job that he's done. And, you can't say enough good things about him. Well, Greg, you had a front row seat to a dual threat quarterback winning MVP and taking an NFC cha- championship uh, victory to the Super Bowl um, in in Cam Newton. Any similarities to J- him and Jalen Hurts that you've seen at all on film, chatting with them? You got something for me on that front? I'll take a stab there. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I see a lot of similarities. You know, run game-wise, start, starting with that, like run game scheme and style, there's a lot of similarities to what we were doing with Cam, you know, here in Carolina, especially down in the red zone. You know, you, you hear coaches talk about that a lot down in the red zone, you know, accounting for the quarterback when the field becomes, you know, wider than it is deep, right? Like that whole idea of how the, the field shape changes and how the schemes change and the coverages and how you try to attack zones in, in the red zone. It's hard to account for the quarterback. And, you know, Cam made a living as a red zone runner, both designed and improv and I see a lot of that in their scheme with Jalen and it's a huge challenge their ability to spread you out guard every blade of grass and be able to still throw the ball over your head with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and I think that's what makes this style the way they're operating as a run first quarterback run heavy team is they still have that element of the elite passing game between those two wide receivers Dallas Goddard you overcommit to trying to take that run away. You overcommit to trying to account for the extra body in the box to account for the quarterback pulling the ball with Jalen. And all of a sudden, that passing game, they're throwing it over your head. And A.J. Brown is one of the best in the league, along with Devontae Smith. So that's the, the cat-and-mouse game that I'm most looking forward to. I think that matchup between D'Amico Ryans and uh, Shane Steichen and Sirianni, like how willing are you to let them run a little bit so as not to let them have the big explosive plays in that run game. We didn't quite have that same passing philosophy or, you know, personnel here in Carolina, but as far as the ability to make you account for the quarterback and what that does with the offensive line and the run blocking and the numbers, there's a lot of similar scheme and philosophy that I see with what they're doing that we did for a long time here in Carolina. To me, uh, you know, and any key that involves – the guy who I think is going to win defensive player of the year. It's not a very long limb that you're going out on. But to me, Nick Bosa, if I'm D'Amico Ryans, I'm testing Lane Johnson's groin from jump with him. And I'm going to see what's happening. And because that way I'm affecting the run game on the way to the pass. That's that's what I'm looking at when I'm starting. What, do you, what about you, Greg? Yeah, I'm with you. I think, you know, again, we haven't talked to D'Amico yet. I'd be interested to pick his brain here. Well, we're going to talk to him tomorrow mm-hmm. in our meeting. But, you know, if I'm them and I'm just looking at this, back to like I was just saying about, you know, dealing with those threats in the passing game that, that Philadelphia has, 
I think knowing I have Nick Bosa and I have Eric Armstead and I got Greenlaw and Fred Warner, you know, four of your best players are in your are in your front seven. Right. I think at some point, for as good as Philly's offensive line is, they're the best in the league. At some point, I think you have to say, all right, Bosa, we can. We're not going to bring an extra safety down. We're not going to go crazy. You guys got to play. Like you guys, he's arguably the best defensive player in the year. I agree with you. He's going to be the player of the year. Like you guys got to go win, and you need to go chase down some of these design quarterback runs, and you guys need to win your matchups up front. So I don't have to overcommit, and I can maybe keep some of those extra bodies in the back end, playing our zones, getting an extra body in Jalen's face in the passing game. The second you have to overcommit to that, if, if, if they account for Bosa and they mm-hmm. can block Greenlaw and Fred Warner and all of a sudden now you're bringing an extra safety, that's where the problems come. So I'm with you. I think this game, Nick Bosa needs to be the star. I think Fred Warner needs to be a star. And those guys are amongst the best of anybody at their position in the entire league. D'Amico Ryans is going to need those guys in that front seven to play to their complete cap- you know, abilities, and that will go a long way in – trying to take away the hundred things that Philly can do against you on offense. And it, it just shows you about how, you know, this is a game in the trenches and the quarterbacks are fascinating and the uh, pass catchers are fascinating. I, I, we didn't even talk about McCaffrey. I mean, obviously he could change, he could flip this script in a hurry, right? I mean, um, <laughs> how effective do you okay. think he's going to be here? What, what do you think about that uh, before I let you go, uh, Greg? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't say enough good things. Obviously, I got a front row seat with McCaffrey when he first joined the league for you know my, his first three years. We were teammates and obviously a close buddy. I, I mean, I've seen just what he's capable of, you know, firsthand. And I think a lot's been made and 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 just you know rightfully so, you know, about since Purdy's taken over, they're seven and zero, and you know they haven't lost. Well, since McCaffrey got here, outside of that first game, he got here. He got there on, like, Friday, and he ended up playing a little bit in the Sunday game. They lost to Kansas City. Starting that next week, in his first full week on the team, they're 12-0, right? So, like, they haven't lost since McCaffrey's been a full-time player. Now, there's a lot more nuance than just adding one player. But Mm -hmm. the point is, he is in the best offense for his skill set. The creativity and the offensive mind and the players around him with Debo and George Kittle and Juszczyk, like, all of them – you don't really put a position on. They're all kind of this like positionless player tag, and they have one of the best offensive minds at creating advantage and creating um, stress on the defense with Kyle Shanahan. So I, I just I, I think it's the perfect marriage. I think it's the perfect mm. you know the perfect combination of talent and scheme. And they got a lot of guys. And McCaffrey obviously is there at the top of that list. And um, I, I just like I said before, no matter who has the ball, no matter what the, t- the situation of the game is. The, the storylines and the matchups in this game are as good as you could hope for. And uh, I know I'm excited to get up there and talk about it and see how it unfolds, and I'm sure all you guys are the same. Safe flight, Greg. Keep killing it, man. I love listening to you. You're awesome at this. You are awesome at it. I appreciate you guys. Thanks. It's always good to be on. And uh, Right back at have you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. See you in a couple weeks. That's Greg Olson of Fox calling the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. He's so good at it. He's so oh, good at it. Yeah. And he's just great to listen to. When he talks, you don't think he's talking too much, but he's giving you information and getting out before the snap. And he's so um, engaging. And he's his energy is terrific. Quick thing here. The, a, the, NFC, the NFC Championship game features, in my mind, the two best players acquired 
the two best off-season acquisitions in the hell-going-on month of March. We were talking about who was going where and who was landing where and how it was going to change the landscape of everything. Championship weekend and Super Bowl for short. Devontae Adams here and Khalil Mack there and Randy Gregory here, just in the AFC West alone, right? And the two biggest, most important acquisitions did not occur in March. McCaffrey, you just heard. Mid-season, we may talk about this if the Niners go on and win it all and he is as good as we expect him to be. The greatest trade deadline pickup maybe ever. Ooh. I mean, I don't know other trade deadline pickups and you know, on the top of my head, but what, as Greg just pointed out, Greg Olson just pointed out, since he's been a full week practice every single week member of the Niners, they haven't lost. He arrived, if you recall, late in the week against the Chiefs. And they're like, well, he's so damn smart. He knows the offense. I mean, he's a McCaffrey. I'm a Shanahan. <laughs> it's in our DNA. Get out there. Get out there. They lost that game. Haven't lost. And in the, the way that the Niners are so great where uh, receivers run and runners catch. Debo may be the best receiver that runs, and McCaffrey is definitely the best running back that catches. That, that, that is for sure. I remember McCaffrey at the Combine. He looked better at running receiver routes at the Combine than every receiver that was there as a receiver. And for Shanahan, where everybody does everything, it's everybody's like a Swiss Army knife. Receivers block, receivers run. Runners block, runners run, runners catch. He's perfect. And then on draft night, the Eagles flip a one to Tennessee for A.J. Brown. And I love this guy. Because again, we're talking about how many times the Eagles run it. 44 times for 90 million yards against the Giants. When you try to stop that with Hertz also running it, they throw it over the top of your head, as Greg Olson just said. And the person who does it, obviously Devontae Smith from a previous draft, in this year's draft, they drafted technically A.J. Brown, but already as a grown-ass man veteran. And this is and he's he's a he's great because he's not the so-called diva receiver. Here he, this is listen to this exchange this week with him. If you throw the ball to me a hundred times, I'm gonna want it a hundred and one times. You know, I, I just feel, yeah. You know, it just I just uh, me personally, I just feel like I can change the game. You know, in a moment. You know, and uh, you know, getting the ball often, you know, keeps you going, keeps you in the rhythm. You know, uh, it definitely just puts you in the zone. You're locked in, and and of course, you know, of course, I want the ball. Have you ever heard that phrase that? Um, has been associated with receivers calling them divas. Is, uh, I mean, I don't know if that's something that you would uh, embrace or not. But um, is that kind of the mentality? Does that kind of include that term, like in that mentality? No, I'm, I'm never the receiver to to, to go on the sideline or to try, try to cause like problems on the sideline. I'm not that guy. I think I think that's what you can describe as a diva or whatever the case may be. But I'm not that person. You know, I'm a guy who goes and talk to the quarterback or talk to the OC. And uh, do it, do it that way. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to cause cause commotion on the sidelines. I'm not, I'm not. That's not who I am. I'll never be that guy. Every single thing AJ Brown has done all year long reinforces the question I had on draft night 
and every single day since then. And the question is simple. How the hell did the Titans give him up and why? Period. What are you thinking? Now, obviously, the general manager has since been let go in Tennessee after A.J. Brown torched Tennessee. But I had that question that night. That night may just be the night Howie Roseman won executive of the year. (laughs) And both of those guys are in this game for the right to go to the Super Bowl. Amazing. Let's take a break. 844-204-RICH. Phone calls. Hour number two, Tom Pelissaro. What's more likely coming up? Oh, we have so much more runway on this championship weekend preview show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. You can listen to the NFL on the NFL app, on the Odyssey app, on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports, sponsored by AutoZone. Tom Pelissero coming up next hour to give us an update on all the coaching searches, everything that's going on in the NFL. There's still a little bit of injury news talking about this week. I'm assuming we're done with the Mahomes ankle talk. I don't know. Is he talking today? Do we know if Mahomes is talking today? Because if he is, that means his ankle's attached. And we have done, again, um, Emmy Award winning yeoman's work um, the last two days uh, talking about Mahomes' ankle and how he's stepped down from the riser in Kansas City uh, where the press conference podium stands using the uh, two smaller steps on Wednesday and then on Thursday just jumping straight off the riser. I mean, we've done incredible work. Again, this was Wednesday, step, step, and out. And then on Thursday, he just saw those little steps, and he's like, I'm going to take one giant leap for Chiefs kind and show everybody that I'm fine on my right foot and my right ankle that the foot is attached to, and I'm just going to jump. I'm just going to step off that riser, and here it is. I mean, that's a choice. That's a choice. That's a choice made out of, I think, um, uh, showing off that he's healthy to everybody. And my favorite part about this is we had two very long segments about it, Wednesday and Thursday. You caught somebody <laughs> commenting on the Rich Eisen Show YouTube page. Yeah, comment cracked me up. Saying that uh, I can't believe that this is not the same video, but an entirely really different, different video of <laughs> 10 minutes in length. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe this isn't a repost from yesterday, but an actual other entire 10-minute video. Thank you, Michael Leary, for sticking with us and understanding what we're doing here. 
Well done. We see our journalism. It's very good. You know what? It, you know, it, it's kind of like ahead. you know what it is. It's kind of like the two Godfathers. That's what it is. There's one and there's two. And you don't know which one's better. They're so good. You go yeah, back you and know, forth. they are great. Yeah. We know. It's, how it's in the, It's instead of the saga being of the Corleone family, it's of Patrick Mahomes' yeah. right ankle. And we definitely know the third one isn't as good. <laughs> so maybe we should just stop it. Too. Maybe. Well, this is kind of the third right <laughs> here. Yeah. But every time I think I'm out, <laughs> Mahomes' ankle pulls you back in. Pulls me back Let's in. Let's get them all. Thank Let's you. get them all now while we got the money. That was from the Mahomes stepping off the podium entirely. <laughs> that was Mahomes' ankle part two. Very excited about it. We'll ask Pelissera about it. <laughs> Tommy P. Now I'm cracking myself up. How great was that with Charlie Steiner yesterday? <laughs> I cracked myself up. Hilarious. <laughs> hey, Rich, you know, we, you, you spoke earlier about best uh, trade deadline deals yes. in history. I looked up some of these. Okay. There were oh, some yeah, good ones, some man. Um, what do you got? 2017, Eagles added Jay Ajayi, which helped them okay. get to the Super Bowl. Uh, Rams trading for Von Miller in 21. Von Miller's a good okay, one. That's a good one. Um, the Rams trading for Jalen Ramsey. In 2019. 2019. Uh, the Bills acquiring Cornelius Bennett in 87. Okay. Uh, and Seahawks getting Marshawn Lynch in 2010. And then I think a deal that most people kind of forget it happened in season, the Cowboys' Herschel Walker trade. That was in October. So They also picked up Amari Cooper midseason, And that too. was also one, yeah. But that didn't lead to anything, so that's why I didn't. Well, it, did. it led to a large void this year. <laughs> So that's why I kept that one out. I would, I would probably push back saying it led to nothing. Not having him this year, pretty pretty dominant. You think? Pretty dumb. But everyone's pointing out it's the Zeke contract that handcuffed him. Where they felt the twenty million a year for a receiver, we got to get it. We got to get him out. Jerry's rich. It doesn't matter. That's got nothing to do with. That's the beauty of the NFL. It doesn't matter how rich you are well, as an individual. Matter. It doesn't matter. Well, then they don't have a good everybody has a similar as the Rams. Have. Well, I don't know. They they decided. <laughs> I, that that was the question coming in. It's like, really? These are all the weapons for Dak? Don't forget, that was the question coming in. Oh, I, how can I? The Gallup was hurt, still hurt. Cooper's gone. Yeah. Then they lost uh, Washington, right? James, right yeah, we thought he'd Who be back by up, week six. They and he wound wasn't. up getting rid of for T.Y. Elton. Yeah, because T.Y. made that catch. They should have gone to T.Y. in week one. Yeah. He was sitting in the house. That whole Odell, Odell didn't sign with anybody. Nope. Uh-huh. I mean, I got to say, though, I like the moves, keeping the coaches. I mean, look, something to be said for stability, right? If you are on hold, stay on hold. We got your phone calls coming up. I also have my top four favorite um, Super Bowl matchups. I've ranked them all. The ones you're most looking forward to seeing. I would like to see the most, or I think uh, America would rank it the same way. man of the people. I think I have my finger on the pulse. I'm looking at you. I, do, I, I believe. And then your phone calls. We'll, we'll, we'll get your phone calls. And then we've got What's More Likely. We've got Mike Del Tufo's weather report. And those are the next two hours hanging out here on this Friday on the Roku channel and more. Fast <laughs> first hour. Oscar just cracked me up. Just We're still on Roku. We're still on still Roku. Roku. We are here on the Roku channel, which we love. We absolutely love that. No doubt. Okay, guys. I know where I'm watching the games. The crib? I'll be at the crib as soon as I can get home from my six-hour edition of NFL Game Day morning. Six hours. Six. Nine o'clock Eastern to three. Or as we would say out here, butt crack early. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still dark. Oh, yeah. yeah. My left eye just started twitching when I started talking about <laughs> Matt, 6 a.m. to noon. Here Matt Hasselbeck can't understand. He's doing three hours. <laughs> 
They think that's a lot, too, it, by the way. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, three hours, hours of TV. Three hours. Are you oh. kidding me? Three we, hours. We do that this in show sleep. is three hours long, and it's the shortest show I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Game day morning is four. <laughs> then it's six on Championship Sunday. Oh. It's, it's going to be eight Super and Ball. a half on Super, Super Sunday. And then Those are nuts. And then the combine <laughs> is four days. The draft is three. I am actually I mean, shocked that your the Super Bowl GDM hasn't gone to ten. Be quiet. Will you just, <laughs> yeah, don't we don't went, speak it into existence because you know there's going to be some executive. But it was going, eight when that's I. That's not a bad idea. I was no, there. no, 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 no. Yeah, stroking was, their beard. We did a ten one time. I that think was nine years ago. Whatever. New Orleans. Yeah, he said, "Don't speak that evil in him, Ricky." Bobby. Don't even do that. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here with that noise. I'm, the I'm shocked it's not ten. <laughs> Why Super isn't Bowl it telephone? It's like talking about your kid's sleeping schedule. Want me to do that? <laughs> no. <laughs>